Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, April 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The Federal Reserve painted a rosy picture of the U.S. economic recovery. The EU says it's keeping a close watch on recovery spending, and a global health expert says patent waivers might not be enough to boost the number of vaccines in poorer countries. Plus, Credit Suisse is suffering after making some massively bad bets. In a way, Credit Suisse is the new Deutsche Bank, unable to keep itself out of any scandal. And it comes down to basic things like leadership and culture and risk appetite. We'll take a look at how the bank might make a comeback. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell yesterday painted a brighter picture of the U.S. economic recovery and showed no sign the U.S. central bank would change monetary policy anytime soon. Investors had been speculating whether the Fed would budge after a string of positive economic reports. Here's the FT's U.S. capital markets correspondent, Colby Smith. Powell was uh, really explicit on Wednesday that we're not yet at this point. And I think markets were uh, somewhat relieved. He didn't kind of go down this path of, of talking about not only how strong the economy is, but also, you know, the steps to eventually withdrawing that support. So there was a bit of relief there um, across equities and the Treasury market to those comments. So, Colby, last night, President Joe Biden delivered his State of the Union address And he talked about another big spending plan, the $1.8 trillion American Families Plan that would expand the social safety net in the U.S. It comes after two other multi-trillion dollar spending plans during the Biden administration. Um, How are markets responding? So I think the market reaction to some of these plans has been a bit muted because no one's really quite sure what exactly is going to be passed politically and what's feasible. So there, there's been quite a lot of resistance to both of these plans, not getting the same political reception as, let's say, the various coronavirus uh, relief packages received. So it's really hard for investors to kind of discern the potential impact when they don't really know what policies are actually going to end up being implemented. Colby Smith is the FT's Capital Markets Correspondent. Europe has its own recovery fund, a 750 billion euro plan that's a mixture of grants and loans. And it'll start paying out later this year. But it comes amid mounting concerns about the potential for fraud and waste. In response, EU officials insist they are putting in tough new processes to ensure the funds aren't frittered away. The European Commission official in charge of economic policy, Valdis Dombrovskis, said the recovery cash would be governed by a tighter set of rules. The goal is to prevent the kind of scandals that occurred in the past with EU regional aid programs. Dombrovskis added Brussels was ready to suspend payments if there were signs that a national government was not delivering on promised reforms or not channeling cash directly to pre-agreed investments. One of Europe's biggest banks, Credit Suisse, will have a new chairman this week. Antonio Horta Osario has the job of cleaning up after catastrophic investment decisions, which led to billions of dollars in losses at the bank. Credit Suisse was heavily involved in the meltdown of Greensill Capital and the collapse of family investment firm Archegos Capital. The FT's banking editor, Stephen Morse, has been covering the bank's troubles. It's in chaos mode at the moment. Emergency fundraising of 1.9 billion came through last week. Their shareholders are furious. Staff are furious because all their bonuses have been cut. And it really is the biggest crisis for the lender in decades. And remember, a few years ago, 
They had this infamous Spygate scandal regarding former chief executive Tijan Tiam, where the bank was caught hiring corporate espionage spooks to follow around departing senior executives from the bank that, whilst you know, not material, was, was highly embarrassing and for a Swiss bank that relies on its international reputation, highly damaging as well. Now, Stephen, we should point out that Credit Suisse wasn't the only bank to bet and lose heavily on Archegos. Nomura, UBS, Morgan Stanley, they, they all bet badly too here. But Credit Suisse suffered the most. So I guess my question is why or, or how did the bank get things so wrong? Well, exactly right. I mean, Nomura was the next worst hit at $2.9 billion. But there were some banks, even the sort of perennially troubled Deutsche, who managed to trade out of this without any losses. And the reason Credit Suisse was hit worse than anyone else, well, there seemed to be several reasons. Poor risk management practices led them to basically be overexposed with insufficient margin, i.e. insufficient collateral from this client when compared with rivals. And then secondly, it appears to be a mix of slowness and incompetence on trading out. The second Goldman Sachs saw the writing on the wall about this client collapsing. They sold. They sold ahead of everyone else, avoided the pain for themselves and came out with no material losses. Wow. And, you know, the consequences for these bad investment decisions isn't just financial losses and heads rolling, right? There's more than that. In the sense that it's a reputational crisis. For a long time, for decades, it was the premier financial institution in Zurich. And Zurich is a small town. What matters to these banks more than anything else is how they are doing against their main rival. And for Credit Suisse, this is UBS. Whilst UBS also lost hundreds of millions on Archegos, it lost around five times less and is doing better in the other businesses that they do, like wealth management and private banking. So some people are speculating that this could be a great time for UBS to try and do everything from as small as poaching the best staff from Credit Suisse to even looking at buying some of their better performing units or even acquiring the bank in a huge takeover whilst Credit Suisse is at its weakest. So the bank gets a new chairman this week, Antonio Horta Osario. He helped steer British lender Lloyd's out of the financial crisis. Can he fix Credit Suisse? Well, that's the big hope. Horta Osario is going to have to come in. He's going to have to refresh the board, look at the bank's general risk management practices, overhaul them, and just restore a sense of faith you know, both among customers and investors and staff. So we can expect him to take a more executive hands-on role than his predecessor, Urs Rona, and really try and, you know, stem the bleeding for what is the worst crisis, arguably, since the financial one for Credit Suisse. You quote a bank regulator who said Credit Suisse will be used as a cautionary tale of how damaging a deficient risk culture can be. But aren't banks supposed to have learned that lesson from the financial crisis already? Yes, they are. In a way, Credit Suisse is the new Deutsche Bank, unable to keep itself out of any scandal. And it comes down to basic things like leadership and culture and risk appetite. What's sort of discouraging is that we keep having these and we probably will continue to keep having these. Banks being overly optimistic, chasing earnings at any cost and then coming close to collapse or or having severe financial difficulties afterwards. So personally, I'm a bit of a cynic. I'm not confident this will be the last scandal we see come out of Zurich or indeed global finance. But I would certainly think that a lot of banks are going to be very careful around suspect supply chain finance funds and big family offices for at least six months. Stephen Morse is the FT's banking editor.
This week, the U.S. and the EU offered to send medical supplies and vaccines to India, which is in the midst of a bad COVID surge. To many, India's crisis illustrates the gulf between wealthy nations and developing countries' ability to combat the virus. There's also pressure to suspend patents on COVID vaccines. Global health expert Abrar Karan told the FT's Gideon Rockman that poor countries need to be able to make vaccines themselves, though patent access alone may not solve the problem. But some of the companies have said, you know what, we won't enforce these patent laws, we'll allow others to make it, but the other companies and generic companies don't necessarily have the manufacturing know-how to do that. And so it's basically like saying, yes, here, I'll give you my boat, but I'm not going to give you the key to start it. Karan says there needs to be a priority on bringing manufacturing know-how to other companies. So that we can actually vaccinate the world much more efficiently and effectively, right? I, I mean... There is something to be said for capitalism and the need for protecting innovation and and driving innovation. But this is a really a once in a lifetime um, situation that's happening with with this pandemic. And so I think at this time, the priority really needs to be towards towards health over wealth. Abrar Karan is a physician at Harvard Medical School. You can hear the full interview in this week's Rockman Review podcast. It comes out on Thursdays. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.